You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Welcome back to the podcast. Three weeks, three in a row. I think we're doing pretty well as we're getting deeper into 2023. Um, I I have found some interesting feedback on our last podcast episode talking about cash and reinvestment risk, but it hasn't. It, it, we talked about how there can be reinvestment risk, but that's not really worrisome. It's just something to consider when you're talking about cash. But more than ever, folks are looking for places to put cash uh, for a couple of reasons. One of those is because uh, a couple of years ago, it was acceptable to sit in cash, I suppose, lots of cash, because there was no inflation, basically. But as you, you we get into a place where there is inflation, now sitting in cash is kind of unacceptable, right? You need to at least have some yield to ease the erosion that comes with inflation. But one of the other reasons why I see more people using cash, cash alternatives, like different vehicles that are ultra safe is because we are getting a lot more questions about the debt ceiling and worries about the debt ceiling because the debt ceiling is back in focus. And I would argue at this point, probably not really, really baked into the market, but it's becoming more and more of an element here, I guess you could say. And it's certainly on the radar of folks uh, who are watching the news and seeing the madness that kind of goes on when Congress tries to deal with one another. Um, it's becoming front of mind. And it, certainly this is going to become a bigger deal as we get deeper into the spring and even the early summer months and if a resolution isn't arrived at by then. Because the debt, the debt limit, which is called, commonly called the debt ceiling, is the maximum amount of debt the Treasury Department is authorized to borrow to pay its already committed financial obligations. So think about it like you have a household budget, you are spending more than you're taking in, you therefore need to borrow. Well, that that limit is, there's a limit on borrowing set by Congress. And that amount is set through Congress and it's been increased 78 times since 1960. In fact, it was last raised by 2.5 trillion to 31.4 trillion in December of 2021. And the debt ceiling is now, as I mentioned, back in focus because it was breached again. I don't know how many times now that we've breached it, uh, but it was breached again on January 19th. And after that, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen informed Congress that pending an increase to the debt ceiling, the Treasury Department was going to have to enter into, quote, extraordinary measures, extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary measures to avoid defaulting on its obligations, essentially suspending reinvestments into certain programs and shuffling some money around so we're not defaulting on our debt. And then then this past week, the Congressional Budget Office, or CBO, released a statement projecting that the ability of these extraordinary measures to be effective would be exhausted between July and September of this year. So if, if income tax receipts are lower than expected, or if if capital gain realizations in 2022 were less than the CBO estimates, then the CBO actually said that the Treasury could run out of funds before July. 
Now, keep in mind, the Secretary Yellen previously said that the Treasury could fail to meet obligations in June. So this is you can see how this is a bit of a moving target because uh, the expectations of when we will kind of run out of these extraordinary measures depends on some factors um, that are have to be taken into account. And we've seen standoffs over the debt ceiling play out in Washington a bunch of times before. But with the razor-thin majorities in both the House and Senate, finding an agreement here might be particularly difficult, more difficult than it's been in the recent past. Now, the president has said he'll settle for nothing less than a no-strings-attached increase, while House Republicans have voiced concerns about overall levels of debt and have suggested they want reductions in federal spending as a condition of raising the debt ceiling. I'm, we're not going to kind of hang a left into political conversations here, right? This is a, a financial podcast, not a not a political one. Um, but it would be interesting to see kind of how how each side thinks this is going to work out, right? Reductions in spending sure can happen at the periphery, even though a bulk of our spending is really defense and entitlement programs. I probably don't want to cut that. Um, but a no strings attached increase is probably also unlikely here. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I'm going to link to one of the LPL charts of the day where you're going to see that the total U.S. debt outstanding has almost doubled in the past 10 years and tripled in the last 15. Uh, that's pretty far out of line. I don't care which side of the, pl- the, the aisle that you're on. And something probably needs to be reined in a little bit. Now, if the debt ceiling isn't increased, the U.S. government would technically default on its contractual obligations eventually. And once extraordinary measures are exhausted, the Treasury would be forced to either undertake prioritization, which is making some payments and not others, or to default on all debt, which is basically refusing to make any payments until it could make all of the payments. Uh, between the two, the latter would probably cause more chaos for financial markets. And I think therefore is, is pretty unlikely. We've also seen some really off the wall solutions floated around that include like the treasury minting a trillion dollar platinum coin or issuing debt with really high coupons or through the public debt clause found in the 14th amendment, which some have interpreted to allow the treasury to continue to issue debt to prevent default. Uh, but Despite all of these other kind of off-the-wall options, the White House and both Secretary Yellen have committed in in the past that most of these options aren't viable and that aren't options they're willing to pursue. Now, U.S. bond market investors have largely taken for granted the government's ability and willingness to pay its debt. But there are two things going on there, right? Ability and willingness. And so while the U.S.'s ability to replay repay its obligations isn't actually in question here. The debt ceiling debate complicates the country's willingness to pay its debts. In 2011, Congress waited until the very last minute to fit, fix the debt ceiling issues and the S&P 500, or not the S&P 500, Standard & Poor's downgraded the country's debt rating to AA plus from AAA because of the the questions surrounding the willingness to pay its obligations. Another debt downgrade like that, much less an actual default, would be really, really disruptive, disruptive to financial markets. Uh, now, let's back up a little bit. I, because I don't want to be hyperbolic here and say this is catastrophic. We have come, we have, we have been on the brink a bunch of times in this respect. Even recently, you can probably remember your friends and neighbors, if they worked for the federal government, weren't getting paid for a little while. Um, 
The national parks were shut down. This is unpleasant and unnecessary, but we still have done this before without catastrophe. And it's really our base case here that Congress will get its act together in time to either raise or suspend the debt ceiling, come to some sort of solution here. But in the meantime, the closer the political brinksmanship gets us to the point of default, the more unnecessary volatility we're likely to see in markets. And after a year like last year, I don't think any of us, any of us as investors want to see unnecessary volatility as we sort out what post-COVID looks like, as we still have war in Europe, and as, you know, as, as China is still wrestling a little bit with um, the COVID restrictions and lifting those that they've got. So it's an interesting time as we kind of come out of this. Uh, you know, I have faith that Congress is going to do the right thing ultimately, but we, it may be a wild ride to get us there, and we'll see. So I'm going to leave it there. If you have questions about how the debt ceiling affects your portfolio or how your portfolio is constructed in general as we've kind of started to rebound in in the first roughly two months of the year, you can email us at info at FordFG.com. You can find us on the web, FordFG.com, short for Ford Financial Group. My name is Brian Ullman. I'll talk to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein, 